Welcome back to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. <laughs> that was a pregnant pause. <laughs> I had to get my other foot in the thing here. Okay. Uh, welcome back to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. I am Drew Hicks. I am Blair Hicks. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, this is another in our uh, new series that we're calling Now Showing, where we are talking about the films that are actually in the live screenings that we're doing. We had a lot of fun with Time Cop, got a lot of good feedback from people on that, so we wanted to uh, do the same thing with our next screening, but our next screening's kind of an odd one. It's kind of an odd one, so this is going to be, even for us, kind of an odd episode. Um, we're not showing a... A specific feature uh, for our next showing. It's we're having a holiday party. We're having a Planet Xmas holiday party, not like the fake one on one of our other podcasts. <laughs> uh, we're, no, we're throwing a real one at Kunstler Brewery where we show Planet Xmas 2018, and we've decided to call our party Hail Santa. And what we're going to do is we're going to show three bizarre um, holiday specials. We're going to play some games. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be a really good time. So we thought we'd take a little bit of time, talk a little bit about the specials mm-hmm. um, and some peripheral stuff, kind of like yeah. what we did with Time Cop. And um, again, if uh, you like coming to Planet X because we don't stand up for a half an hour or an hour and explain to you why you're supposed to like things. <laughs> please feel free to go to the next episode where we will make up a fake movie just like normal and you won't have to deal with any of this. So. Yeah, so let's let's jump in. So this is this is a, a, an unusual screening for us. We've never really done this kind of thing. Um, so we decided that for the holidays we would break format a little bit, try to have a little fun with it, um, and instead of showing like a Christmas theme righteous trash movie, um, just show some really bizarre Christmas specials. And when when you suggested this, Blair, like, I, I was kind of like, well, how many of these are we really going to do, right? Right. Like, Lordy, there's some weird ones out there. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm obsessed with Christmas specials and Christmas episodes of television shows. Yeah. I love... The reason I like Christmas well, episodes of television shows is because all of the characters are always in them, and they're almost always bottle episodes. Mm-hmm. And so... As a kid, even if it's a cartoon, that's that's what you want. Whether it's Cheers or mm. a cartoon, where you want everybody in there, and you want a bottle episode. Well, you know that's you know? like what people love about like Gilmore Girls, right? Is they're always like, "I love the town." It's like when it's fall, it's fall, and when it's winter, it's winter. And then it's like, yeah, you feel like you're going through seasons. And when a when an episode would do a Christmas special, you got this sense of like, "Hey, it's." It's Christmas where I am too. Like I, you know, like, I just I love them. And and my DVD sets of movies or uh, of TV shows, the Christmas episodes are the ones I watch the most. And one thing I love about um, uh, uh, the UK and television mm-hmm. over there and, mm-hmm. and in Ireland too is that if you have a show, you make a special episode just for Christmas. Sure. It's outside of your series. So like right. if you like have Doctor Who does it every year. Uh, Doctor Who does it every year. Father Ted did one. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, uh, uh, even the panel shows do a special Christmas episode. That's I'm, fun. I love Christmas stuff. And the thing that I think makes it conducive to Planet X mm-hmm. is that you are shoehorning Christmas into something. Yeah. Yeah. And after a while, you run out of the tradi- traditional holiday stories and you just have to start spinning stuff out of whole cloth. And that's yeah. where you get. The films we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and so to start with, let's just jump right in. The um, the first of two Rankin-Bass uh, movies we're going to show this year um, is Nestor, the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. Uh, it is it is clear that 
someone cracked the whip and was like, we've got a hit with this Rudolph thing. What else you got? And oh, they were like, goodness. I guess you could have like a donkey instead of a reindeer. And he's made fun of for his nose. No shit, we did nose. I guess ears, that'll work. Someone's like, uh, we're a little short on plot. And someone else was like, we could actually put Jesus in it. I'm yeah, just... so this is where this movie gets <clears throat> buck right? wild. That's the left it's crazy, turn, right? Yeah, because, okay, yes, it is essentially beat for beat Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There is a donkey, his name's Nestor. Everybody makes fun of him. He's got very, very long ears. Um, and of course, and we talked about this in, in, the, in uh, Build a Husband, but like, be, of course, because it's a Rankin-Bass movie, it has to have this like horrible, vaguely country soundtrack that's like, Nestor's ears were so long, they reached to his knees. Like, it's horrible. He gets made fun of. <laughs> but, but, really then, but then here comes the delicious bit, is it's like, the, it... There are Roman centurions that just kick down the door to the stable and are like, we need some fucking donkeys. And the guy's like, you can have this nasty-ass long-eared one. And the guy's like, nope, don't want that one. We'll take everything else. So, like, we're we're already in a historic period. Like, this is buck wild. Quote-unquote, present-day Santa's donkey is telling us a story about, during the Roman Empire, the oppression of donkeys in Judea, which is... On every level, insane. Then, then, and sorry, spoilers alert for Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. If you'd like to watch this film with your family, perhaps this holiday season, please stop now or just skip ahead 30 seconds. Yeah. Nestor's mom rescues him, and they get caught in the snow, and she covers him to keep him warm, and in the morning, she's dead. (laughs) And he's so sad, he cries, and his tears freeze, and he buries his mom... And then wanders the earth. It's like Bambi with no lead up. And There's then Bambi- no indication that it's going that way. And he goes Mad Max. Then he just starts drifting. And then you just watch him weep. You just watch a claymation. They're like sick people. Maybe you know what? Maybe, maybe don't bring your kids to this There one. was no reason to kill the mom. He was already on his own. Oh he was already isolated. And then his mom comes back. So you're like, great, mom's back. And then mom fucking dies. There, There is something about... Uh, this film, which I would like to tell you that I think is going to please you quite a lot. Okay. Um, we talked in an earlier episode about uh, Rankin-Bass soundtracks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... The greatest kinda, adventure. I kind of took <laughs> the piss out of Glenn Yarbrough, which I shouldn't have done because I like that. But um, So the songs for Nestor, I had to double check this, Okay. were done by a guy named Mari, M-A-U-R-Y, Mari Laws. L-A-W-S. Mari Laws. Mari Laws worked for Rankin-Bass on a ton of things. He's basically the guy that churned out those Arlo Guthrie things. Mm. He worked on The Hobbit, Jack Frost, The Flight of Dragons. Hell, The Daydreamer, The Wacky World of Mother Goose, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and Frosty the Snowman. And so he's the guy that... Was, he wasn't always cranking out the title tunes, but those just folky Arlo Guthrie sounding yeah. stuff. Wow. And Flight of Dragons, though, it's like you oh know God. you know that's the guy from The Hobbit because the songs sound the same. But yeah, the, that got that's a Planet X movie. That movie's incredible. I'm shocked we haven't shown it. A board game designer gets sucked into a magical world of dragons and mm-hmm. has to like. And it's all based. I have the book. It's based on, it's which based is on wild. Two books. Yeah. Well, the whole like the way the dragons work and their bellows system is based on Flight of Dragons, which is very much like gnomes. Which totally I know you also perfect have. example. Like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another book that the rest of it's actually we okay, need to. Sure. Okay. 
just a, a production note, mm-hmm. a quick sidebar. Sure. We need to add that to our children's Absolutely. films list because one of these days, Drew and I have talked about it. I don't know how soon it's going to be. We're going to do like a kid's day of yeah. Planet X films and... Uh, I think Flight of Dragons got to be on there. Yeah, Flight of Dragons is great. But amazing theme song. Anyway, the, the Flight um, of Dragons. The amazing consistency <laughs> of um, John Denver esque music <laughs> and Rankin Bass films. You know, Mari, Mari Laws is one I of bet, those guys. I bet that's not what Mari Laws thought he was going to do with his career. When they showed up and were like, hey, man, uh, we know you've been working hard on Nestor. Like, thanks for pitching in on that one. Santa Claus coming to town. I know this isn't what you want to be working on, but, you know, you're doing a great job, Mari. Let me just uh, let me just hit you with this new one. It's called Flight of Dragons. And he was like, God, can't you make one film about a fucking train? I'm happy to be working. <laughs> I'm just happy to be working. My name's Mari. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so there, there's a reason that there's a consistent sound. All very And samey. his name is Mari. And I guess Rankin-Bass, the, the heads of Rankin-Bass were just horny for this guy's music, because... I mean, to be fair, he doesn't do a bad job. I mean, we've talked oh, about how much we love the very songs memorable. from, like... Very memorable. The Hobbit, Flight of Dragons, even... You know, if you think about it, even, like, Rudolph, some mm, of those songs mm. I still quite like. Some of them are a little bit dumb, but by the time you get to Nestor and some of the later yeah. Rankin-Bass stuff, it's... Mm, but, to be but, fair, he didn't do all of them, mm. and when we discuss one of the other features we're showing, mm. I got some more musical knowledge to drop So, on. yeah, so getting back to Nestor, like, they're really trying to get blood out of a rock here, because, like... <laughs> They, they've they got the setup for a kind of Rudolph-esque story. We have a protagonist who's made fun of. Now he's off on his own. He's very sad. And of course, his curse has to become his blessing, right? Sure. Just like Rudolph. He had the shiny red nose, but then the fog rolls in, and Santa's got to get him to be his beacon. So, so what are these ears going to do for Nestor? Nestor gets hired by Joseph and Mary to carry them to Bethlehem. And it's very foggy that night. Uh Uh-oh. But hold on. It's very cold. And so Nestor uses his long ears to swaddle the Virgin Mary and keep her warm. No mention of why Joseph was able to survive the cult. He's fine. Fuck Joseph, I guess. Well, he really didn't have much to do with the proceeding in the first place. Not unlike the comically large scarves my wife is obsessed with. Mary (laughs) swaddles herself inside of donkey ears. They make it to Bethlehem. They have the baby Jesus, and that's the end. Yeah, way to bury the lead, Nestor. Well, and then weirdly, he goes back to the stable from the beginning of the movie, and everyone sings about how much they love him, and they thank him for, for helping baby Jesus be well, Otherwise, it, it, you know what would have been great is if they would have cut back to the stable, and it was just the animals going like, aren't you glad we got rid of that little shit? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck his mom. I'm what glad a, she's dead. What a waste of time. It is, it's, worth, it's worth watching, though, because I love the Rankin-Bass specials where, as I said before, mm. you've run out of traditional <laughs> Christmas stories, so it's like, oh. how are we going to... It's just the craziest thing because like they go so hard into the Bible story. Like, we're going to do. do a Bible movie. <clears throat> Joseph and Mary are on screen. We got Roman centurions on screen. And and then the but then they buck the whole thing because the entire Bible story is now like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern by Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, who if he wasn't there, Mary would be fucking dead. And by extension, I guess, so would, so would Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so, like, so like I guess Joseph was gonna be fine. Like So thanks for salvation, Nestor the Oh long-eared? my god, I didn't even mention the wildest part. 
there's an angel in this movie yeah, there who is. is assigned to Nestor. And they like, she gives him like, she's like, oh, your curse is going to be your blessing. Like your ears, everybody has a purpose. That's why God sent me. And he's like, okay, what's my purpose? And she's like, well, you'll find out. Bye. And just leaves. <laughs> useless. Like, useless. Useless angel. That's like every drug she trip. She does nothing for him. No. Absolutely. In fact, she shows up after his mom dies and is basically like, hey, sorry your mom died. God has a plan. And he's like, what is it? And she's like, mm, bye. Yeah. Like, Fuck you. Like, <laughs> it's a, she simply exists to tell children, like, I'm explaining what life is like under yeah. the harsh rules of an sorry. orthodox religion. Like, pain, pain is inevitable. Pain is inevitable. <laughs> life is suffering. Goodbye. But it is weird, and I, I I think people will have a good time. That's the thing is, that it's so it's so dumb and strange though that you can't help but sort of it, smile yeah, through it, the whole thing. Of anything we've ever shown, this gets as close to a film I don't love as like I don't. Think you know what? I actually, like you Mr. know what's weird about that? The only time I've shown a Planet X film that I legitimately straight up like just think is garbage sure. was last Christmas and I showed Sienna with muscles. Yeah, okay, sure. And and what unwatchable. It, what it, well, <laughs> what it what it was was I was rewarding my audience mm. for trying to watch what I was showing them yeah. all year long and being very good sports and I was like, you know what? Like like hungry dogs, I held a stake <laughs> over them. Santa with muscles, and I was like, "Here you go, it's have got this, have this." And I just we mistied the fuck out of it, and it was so much. Okay, but fun. I want to I want to talk about the second film we're showing because I have a man, lot to say about it. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's that much better on paper than Nestor the Longer Christmas Donkey probably is, it's, but but. This is a film you and I grew up watching a fuck ton of. So the and sec- I thought it was normal as hell. <laughs> the second film we're showing is uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, which is a sequel, obviously, to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it's the first Planet X film that has been shown twice. Oh, okay, cool. It was the fourth Planet X film ever shown mm-hmm. two years ago. I showed it in Austin in April, and we had a New Year's party in somebody's backyard. We, yeah. It was great. We had like 20 people, 25 mm-hmm. people, and we had champagne, and I put like a fake countdown up on the on the screen. We nice. had, you know, noisemakers. I wore a suit the whole nine yards. Do you, and think, the, do you think if given enough time, Rankin-Bass would have filled the entire calendar with Rudolph movies? Because oh, it seems like the beginning absolutely. of like a, all right, we got Christmas on lock. Let's lock down New Year's. You mm. guys working on a Valentine's Day one? Rudolph's what do we whim- got for Arbor Day? Rudolph's <laughs> whimsical flag day. Yeah, yeah Rudolph's, <laughs> Rudolph's President's Day adventure. Like, <laughs> Rudolph's shameful Arbor Day. Yeah, no, I think it would have happened. Rudolph's been, real chill August because so, nothing happens in August. <laughs> I picked Rudolph's shiny New Year. Veterans Day? Shit, is that one in Labor Day? One of them's in there. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I neither work nor serve in the military, so... No. I, I'm a lazy, lazy man. Yeah. I'm a mooch. I'm, I'm a mooch. That's me. 100% mooch. Um, uh, I chose Shiny New Year to show because it's... A f- just to describe it to people, people go like, that doesn't exist. It sounds like the ravings of a madman when you describe the plot. So let me just tell you what the plot of the film is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, spoiler alerts on the, you know all of these episodes. Sure. I'll just but... lay in some really dissonant string music here. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> feel free to just interject with like, yeah, that's real anytime mm-hmm. you want. Sure. So every new year, a baby is born. Every new year is a baby. And it's always got red curly hair. And mm. it's 
grows over the year into mm-hmm. an old man voiced by um, Red Skelton, the classic mm-hmm. yeah. television personality. He was in a lot of Rankin Bass stuff, right? <clears throat> he did a little bit of Rankin. Yeah. I, th- I think he did a couple, yeah. Um, but so that's a weird thing. But okay, but Father Time, Baby New Year, these are concepts in the zeitgeist. Grows into Father Time, right? right? These are, yeah, the these baby, are old, old, old Baby stories. New Year grows into Father Time sure. over the New Year. John Barleycorn must die. But something something has gone awry, Drew. The baby New Year, named Happy, <laughs> Sorry. much like <laughs> I can't, I can't. Much like the star of our first feature, has ears that are too big. Rankin Bass was like, "It did it work once? No, we did it once. We'll do it again." This baby wears a fucking top hat, and every time he takes it off, his his ears pop out with spring sounds, and everyone starts laughing. Now, this makes Happy very upset. Mm. And so he escapes from the nursery. Mm. Father Time. style. He does. He gets right out. He's crawling through the shit. (laughs) Just waiting for shit. Shawshank's out of his crib. One, one night. He escapes his caretaker, Nanny Nine O'Clock. <laughs> and um, by the way, there are a lot of clock what? jokes and what? body horror in this. What drug book. gives you this power? I don't know. but This is nothing I've ever had. Drew, I've lived a long and checkered life. <laughs> and never in my life have I come up with anything close to what I'm about to describe. Lay it on me. So <laughs> Father Time says, how can I retrieve this baby? He calls upon the services of the only being in the universe who could logically help, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, it's New Year's Eve, and Santa, like Santa apologizes to Rudolph. He's like, I know you just saved Christmas. Yeah. And thanks, by the way. Thanks, by the way. Yeah. Um, now you got to go find a baby, because if you don't find him, the new New Year doesn't turn over and it's going to be the same year over and over and over and over again. Which is kind of weird because I kind of feel like every Rankin-Bass movie is set in the same year anyway. It's very weird, but we'll get back to that. It's a glitch in the Matrix. I don't right. I don't know what it is. Rudolph shows up... Oh, to- no, it's a lack of creativity. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Let me just... Let me put that one in there for you. Rudolph shows up to talk to Father Time. Father Time tells him... See, you think I've said some batshit insane stuff. Oh, no. Oh, we're not even... In, we're not to Vulture Clock yet. He doesn't have a clock. Oh, right. The whale has the clock. And the camel. We'll get to them. (laughs) Hey, hey, folks, there's a trio of weird-ass animals coming at you. You're talking about Eon, the giant femi vulture. We will get to him. So Rudolph shows up, and Father Time says, baby, New Year's guy. He lays down what I just said. Sure. And, 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 And Rudolph goes... I know just how he feels. I've got a horrible nose. He's got horrible ears. I bet they don't let him play in the baby New Year games. There's only one baby New Year. They don't play games. It's The logic is starting to crumble. And then Father Time lays on you the first piece of real crazy shit, which is that at the end of every year, that year becomes an island in the archipelago of last year's. Amazing. So on each of these islands, it's the same year all the time. And he says that Happy had always wanted to go there. Happy is one day old, but he's always wanted to go there. So uh, Rudolph, along with the soldier who has a clock in his stomach, get Mm. on a camel who has a clock for a hump to go see a whale that has a clock in his tail to go to the archipelago of last year. And what he does, essentially, is he goes from island to island and he picks up sidekicks. He's sort of magnificent sevens. Okay, let me see if I can remember these. I, I, okay. I want to try. I want to try. Now, I will... I will. I, will I don't give, know their name. Well, I know one of their names. I was going to say, I will give you credit for the, the... There is a caveman. Do you remember his name? 
I bonking rock Bill. His name is One Million BC, and they call him OM. Great, fucking sure, whatever. Got another one? Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin is in this film, uh, but his name is 1776, not Ben Franklin, <laughs> okay, because they're great. they're named after the, the year, year of the island. So I've got to come up with one more. That's right, and he and has it's a be... title, and it's my favorite. He can you give me the year without giving me the name? No, okay, no, you can't. because okay. they're the uh, same. It's like well, we already have the night though. No, we don't. Oh, the night is the last one. Sir, 10 to 3. Perfect. Now, here's where I want to drop something really fun on you. And he's uh, from the year 1023. 1023. Great. And okay. the narrator, Red Skelton, explains that that's the year that every single fairy tale ever happened. <laughs> Busy year. Busy year, 1023. <laughs> Not dodging the plague, having fairy tales. Yeah. That's, that's what they were doing. Here, here's the crazy thing, though, about that. Frank Gorshin does Sir 10 to 3. Do you know who Frank Gorshin was? No. Nah. You know him the... We know him the best as the guy who did the Riddler and the Batman 66 television oh, show. Oh, hell yeah. He is one of the reasons that I think this movie is great. He is fucking hilarious. <laughs> he... He, you know he can do an over-the-top character. You never see his face. He's in this suit of armor the whole time. And they sh- he, they show up on his island, and he goes, Thou seeds for the wee babe, happy! And he talks <laughs> like that the whole time. And Amazing. it genuinely makes me laugh. Yeah. One, One million BC, actually, the caveman also makes me OM, laugh quite please. a lot. OM, as he pref- is, prefers to be called. Okay. Or one million BC, if you're not hip to the whole brevity thing. Okay, so Rudolph... Why does he pick? This is okay. Well, well why don't you go? Like, there's one other thing we have right, failed to introduce. Go ahead, because I got some shit I want to say about this. The film. rush, the rush to find happy is not only the danger that um, the it will remain the same year, but happy is being pursued by, as I mentioned before, a giant femi vulture named Eon. Mm-hmm. Eon. The vulture can only live until he is one eon old, at which point he will die. But if he kidnaps the baby New Year, uh, he can live forever. He can live forever. And so it's a race against time with a caveman, Benjamin Franklin, a knight that screams all the time, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and many clock-filled Cronenberg-esque animals against a femi vulture who has a red-haired child with giant ears in his clutches. Who, at the end of the movie, accepts the mantle of becoming Father Time. And also, Eon doesn't die because Happy takes off his hat, his ears come out, he makes Eon laugh, and they say anyone who laughs that hard can never die. Great. That That's a movie. <laughs> it, that's a real movie. So there's so much about this, <laughs> this film that I just like... Like, okay, it's, it's clear that like Rankin-Bass... We're like, okay, well, we've done Christmas pretty hard. Maybe we could branch out a little bit and do like a non-Christmas thing, but we'll we'll transition by keeping Rudolph. Rudolph's the get. He's the anchor. People love this Rudolph guy. It's so clear that they fucked this up so bad that the rest of their <laughs> movies are like, okay, fuck that. I guess we're doing a year without Santa Claus. Great. I guess we're doing a Santa Claus coming to town. Great. Like, get Heat Miser in here. Like, it's it's just... It's Buck Wild, and it's the fever dreams of a madman. Like, what? There are there are four and a half billion of these islands in the island of, or the, the archipelago of time. Why pick these three? Where does such an archipelago exist? I guess it exists outside of time. 
You like, got well. I guess there's a lot of world. I guess that's that why you, you have to... to ride a camel made out of a clock to get inside of a whale. <laughs> but why made out like, of a clock why to get there? One million BC, ten twenty three, and seventeen seventy. Sorry, five or uh, six. Uh, Seventeen seventy six, ten two three, and a million BC. Like why? Why those? Why not? Like nineteen seventy five. I don't know. Like, well, what year was it made? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, (laughs) why not? Yeah, it's it's just book one. Why not stop at all the islands and get time warriors? Also, how do these time warriors, if they're living, I, I like how are they're living the same year again and again and again? How do they know about the plight of Baby New Year outside of time? They're ground dog, uh, groundhog yearing it. Are they, or is it just that like they're stuck in that setting? Like, do they have, like, days? Like, do they get to wake up and go have lunch? And, like, oh, uh, it's still 1776. That, that but question like, is answered when they meet 1776 Benjamin Franklin. Or sure. just call him Ben Franklin. Ben Frank, yeah. Um, he says, every day here is the 4th of July. Wow. So dogs just hate that land. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, fireworks displays nonstop. <laughs> Security blankets sell at, a, at an astronomical rate in 1776. Land. I don't. I don't say this enough, and it's mostly because it's it's uh, uh, almost never true. You're a funny guy. Hey, thanks, bud. That was a good um, joke. That one. That one landed. Uh, but I have. <laughs> yeah, I, we just murder British people every day. <laughs> like, well, hold on. Like, actually, we just sign a piece of paper every I day. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind but of. Not a, they're having a parade, and it's like I don't think that happened on July Fourth, seventeen seventy-six. Yeah, look at this paper we signed. Like, exactly. I'm so pumped. <laughs> Let's walk down the street. Like, <laughs> John Hancock, you're a madman. Look at your signature. <laughs> so our buddy Maury uh, did the the soundtrack, but he didn't do the songs. Okay. And. There are a couple of songs in this film. This is another thing about this movie that I like. There's a couple of songs that I like. Most of them are dumb, but there's sure. a couple that I like. The songs were written by a gentleman named Johnny Marks. Do you know who Johnny Marks is? I don't. Johnny Marks was born in 1909. Oh, shit. He wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He wrote... Wait, the Rankin Bass, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, the original song... He wrote Rudolph, Rudolph the, the Red-Nosed the song. Reindeer. He wrote the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. What the fuck? He wrote the song Holly Jolly Christmas. Holy shit. He wrote the song Run Rudolph Run by Chuck Berry. What? This This guy was horny for Christmas. And so they said, here's New Year's. (laughs) Can you do anything with this? He did also write the songs, though, for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So he wrote Silver and Gold and he wrote... You know, wow! But he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He wrote, yeah, the the hit for Gene Autry, the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That is phenomenal. And uh, rocking around the Christmas tree, the first like Christmas rock and roll song, Brenda Lee, "Have Some Fucking Pie," my one of my favorite. Like, what the hell? So it's it's is it is it is it empirically good? Like by the rules of filmmaking? No, oh, it's not good. No, it's hot garbage. But, Sorry, no, hold on. We can just put this one to bed. Like, yeah, no, it is. It's hot garbage, but it makes me genuinely smile. And it's not part of its nostalgia. Like I said, we sure, grew sure, up watching sure. it. I'm not, dude, I'm not trying to twist it. But I, I showed it to me. I'll tell you something funny. This is a famous uh, or an infamous Blair restarting his sentence five times. Mm-hmm. When I showed this film... I actually had a friend of mine who writes online about movies and contributes to several different publications, serious movie reviews. Okay. And I said, you know what would make it even better than to just do a New Year's party? I said, why don't you sit with me in front of the screen and we'll do like a TCM <laughs> okay. thing? And he tried desperately 
hard to find. And he talked about Rankin Bass and stop motion animation cool, cool. and yep, all that yep. stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool, right? I sat there and I was like, this movie just makes me smile. Like, I know it's dumb. I know it's an acid sure. trip. I know it's just, you know, a bag of mushrooms as a, as a movie. Mm. But, like, the caveman makes me laugh. The... Sir Ten to Three makes me laugh. The um the whale, I forget the whale's name, but like he makes me smile. There's something intrinsically lovable about it that I can't explain other so, than some of those Rankin Bass movies are just lovable. Well, yeah, okay, we've been dunking on Rankin Bass pretty hard, but let me say this. And this is this We're is actually Rankin Bass nuts. <laughs> Super huge fans. Love love it. But here's why, okay? Here's why I'm a fan. Here's why I like this movie. Here's why I think Rankin Bass is, is great. It has a quality. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Movies can just be okay. They don't always have to be good at everything. They don't have to work on every level. But what I love to see in a movie is when the filmmakers had fun making it. Like, they liked what they were doing, and they tried to do what they thought was interesting. And if you go watch the Rankin-Bass Hobbit, there are some... Like, the character design is unbelievably cool. The fact that the goblins have two throats never brought up. But, like, every time they scream, they have, like, two vocal cords that go back, which is, like, that's wild. Like, well, and 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 then when you get to Shiny New Year, right, like... Somebody clearly thought like, hey, wouldn't it be fun and whimsical for us to go on a journey through time with a very silly knight and a funny slapsticky caveman? And like, what if what if there was a vulture that lived forever that was hunting the new year and time itself was at risk? And like, okay, guys, it didn't work. It didn't it, work. But but holy shit, did way you to go take for a it? swing. Yeah, yeah, whoa. Swing swing for the fence. Yes. I think this comes back to something we said when we talked about Time Cop. Okay. And I think it's true of a lot of Planet X films. This movie was made by talented people. Super talented people and, and dedicated. Like this took a shitload of work. It's this is the days before CG. This is legitimate stop motion the whole time. Nothing is even hand animated. Yeah. It's it's legit. And musical numbers in claymation and shit. Like goddamn, that's hot. that's tough. And it has the it has the only New Year's song of an old anxiety that I think is worth <laughs> singing, which is Have a Happy, Have a Happy, Have a Happy, Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. As the bells <laughs> ring out, everyone will shout. But you go like the guy that wrote Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer wrote that song. Yeah. He knows a catchy tune when he hears one. Yeah. The thing I wanna say as a Side note to that is I totally agree that Rankin Bass, you can see that they had fun making it. They loved what I they think, did, yeah. And but I think another part of that is that you can tell the performers in Rankin Bass stuff, the good mm-hmm. ones, enjoy the material. It's like the guy that voiced um Thorin in the Hobbit yeah. cartoon. That's a hell of a performance. Well, that pause guy for a second. John Houston does the voice of Gandalf. Yeah. And when I read Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, I still hear John Houston's <laughs> I do voice. Too. Like the and that's what so That's great voice casting. I reference some of the cast earlier so red skeleton doesn't just do father time he also has another voice he does the littlest of the three bears and that little bear fucking cracked you can it's just red <laughs> skeleton having the time of his life just hamming. Yeah. yeah just hamming it up the the whole thing uh, with sir 10 to 3 they're like i'm just gonna scream every line and it and then someone was like that's great because it can echo in, in a suit helmet. of armor yeah, yeah. and you go like 
Okay, there's some, there's some, again, it's yeah. like, maybe it's a two-star movie, but those two stars are great. Are great. Yeah, they had a lot of fun with so it. I, I'll say this, hell of a lot better than Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas <laughs> Donkey. Wowzers, Bowsers does that movie suck. Yeah, that's kind of going to be a March to the Sea kind of thing. Yeah, we're going to start with it, I think. We're going to start with, but. And then we do Shiny New Year, and then, do you want to talk about the third film, or do you want to wrap up Shiny New Year? No, I think, I, I think we've said plenty okay. about Shiny New Year. And, and then the third film that we are showing is. And this is, was my suggestion. And Man, am I glad you suggested it. I hadn't seen it before. I've watched it twice now. Is it not the most terrible? Before we say what it is, were you not legitimately terrified? It's it's both <clears throat> sonically and visually disturbing. Great. It's it's a nightmare. Uh, and we have to show it. Like, it, it, here's the thing. I okay. knew when I sent it to you, this yes, was, sometimes We're really dancing around the title. I just we'll want to there. build we'll it up. We'll get there. And people probably know what it is. But sometimes you see a, a movie and you, it's really special to you, and you want to share it with people, right? This is a case where I feel like I was infected with this movie, <laughs> and I have a genetic mandate to spread it to other people. I'm still take, I'm still like, applying ointments to yeah, get this. Yes, off. I am hurting, and now you have to hurt too. So yeah. I'm not alone in my hurt. This movie is responsible <laughs> for both internal and external growths that I now wow. have. Again, I and think I think the holidays are a good time to break format and go a little crazy. This is not a film. Well, I guess it is kind of a film I love, but I, in kind of a bad way. So, a lot of people got holiday specials. Yeah. Inspector Everybody's Gadget got holiday specials. had one. He-Man. Pac-Man. Pac-Man had one. He-Man and She-Ra, one <sighs> that I told you a long time I ago like was being good. <laughs> that shit insane and I was right. Like my love for holiday specials go deep. The Ninja Turtles have done some things with Christmas. Mm-hmm. The live-action Ninja Turtles did something very wrong with and it, Christmas, and, th- and they wished the title of their. Well, specials. I was going to say the downhill slide of this movie starts with the title, which is "We, we wish, wish You a Turtle, Turtle Christmas. Christmas," and it just gets worse from there. Yeah. The first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, yeah, one of my favorite films. I defend it as a really great film. I think the script is good. I have this long-running thing with a couple of my friends that we want to do a table read where we just read the script. Okay. Are you going to do the songs? Oh, sorry. They're songs, people. Oh, no, no. Not of of this special. Of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Oh, okay. Cool, Because the script is great. Oh, my God. That movie's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the costumes are great. The tone the is incredible. Company, the tone is um, the it's um, the cast is great. The action's fun. It's, yeah, dude. There's there's I mean yeah okay like there's some things you can shit on but like you know regular or menthol um but <laughs> I love it right it's great, yeah. okay then you get to Ninja Turtles two Secret of the Ooze costumes don't look quite as good they don't look as good New April not really a great actress. Mm-hmm. Token Razor, as we've said, really German porned the plot there. Yeah. No Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. And then you got Vanilla Ice in there. This is, Super Shredder at the end's kind of cool. But a shitty fight. He just kills himself. It's mostly nostalgia. I don't know well, if you guys watch. Well, then we go Turtles 3. Turtles, Turtles 3, in, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. Yeah. Costumes looking real bad. Inexplicable freckles or is it cancer? I don't know. It's probably whatever I caught from watching it's this bad. Christmas special. It's bad. Then, well, then and, Ninja and Tur- hold, on, hold on. I just want to say, like, <clears throat> to me, three is the point where the animatronics got way too expressive. And you, it, they, it, I'm glad you said this. So something starts to happen. Yes. The eyes get too expressive, yes. and the mouth just puppets. Kermit the Frogs. Yep. It just opens and closes. 
and it very rarely closes. <laughs> it's very, they're like mouth breathing the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shell tour. Right, yep. Which is a live action musical extravaganza. I could talk for hours about it and not just because I used to smoke a lot of pot and watch it with my friends, but like, great, that, great. It's, no, it's, it's a legitimately like, it's so weird. It's worth watching. But by then the costumes, the voice acting, it's oh all garbage. It's, it's all, it's all garbage. garbage. Then they did. Well, so hold on. I do want to say like real quick, if you haven't seen the video where the Teenage Mutant, Inter- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were on Oprah, I think. That's right. Talking about the coming out of our shell tour. And I think Michelangelo intimates that he slept with April O'Neil. And they cut to a child's face. And the That's child the- is just like, uh-uh, nope, this is not cool. What the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> like, that kid was woke on, yeah. and, and like early night. So the, th- the least horrible thing you said uh-huh. is that a grown woman <clears throat> slept with a teenage boy. Like, <laughs> who's also a reptile. Oh, no, not even getting into the species stuff. Yeah. April's a pedophile. Yeah. Like She's a bestiality pedophile. Yikes. It's very strange. So this is the point in time where they decide to make We Wish You a Turtle Christmas. Mm. The costumes of the turtles are very scary. Splinter is everything that is wrong in the world. <laughs> when, when I look down into the darkest parts of my soul, which are very, they're very dark. Very, very, very dark. I have never seen anything as horrifying as the fucking rat. It's bad. In this, it's, it's really real bad. Super bad. There are kids sprinkled throughout this film. They are all terrified. And I don't know if it's the costumes or the quality of the songs that they're being exposed to. The songs are, man, they're really, um, you know, okay, hmm. So, so it opens with a reggae number. Let's start there. Which, I mean, granted, we can't say whether the turtles are black or not, but um, still comes off as racist. It comes off as a little problematic. <clears throat> and, and beyond that, it's just a really awful song. <laughs> it's just, in, it's, it is supposed to be like, and fun and festive, then, and it is neither. And <laughs> then the songs go downhill from yeah, there. That's, yeah. there's, there's like a couple of rap songs, again, just wrong. That's the time. I don't know. That's fine. I would rather listen to ninja rap. Yo, it's the green machine. Gonna, gonna rock, rock the, the house without, without being seen. seen. Have, Have you, you ever seen, seen a turtle get down? down? What? Slam and jam into the, the new sweet sound. sound. Ninja, ninja, rap, ninja, ninja, rap. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, we're clearly fans. Um, But then they do the 12 Days of Turtle Christmas or whatever. Oh, God, no. And it is... The worst thing what about, ever. What about the scene where they're like, they're with like those four kids and they're all, I think they're all rollerblading. Oh, yes. So they're in like a big hall. Yes. And like the kids aren't, the kids are like, hey, the turtles are here. This is great. Like, oh God, it's horrible. It's so bad. There is one scene that shot in an exterior and it's in the middle of Times Square. Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to shop for Splinter again. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, did we cover that? That's the plot. I'm sorry. There is a. Well, there's a plot to this the 23 and a half Christmas minutes of day or Christmas night, I and guess. And they or haven't Christmas bought Eve. their father anything. Right. The hairball, he is so frightening. Mm. He really does look like something that a cat threw up and then right. another cat ate it and shat it out. And then a third cat ate the oh, shit and two, then two threw cats, it one up. cup. I've two seen this. Two cats, one cup. <laughs> 
I know I don't say this enough because you're not funny, but you're a funny guy. That was really good. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah. So they're trying to get him a gift. They go to Times Square. They go to Times Square, and like they, they um, even like they throw out a bunch of suggestions for what they should like a waffle iron or what I don't remember. There's just yeah. dumb shit. What did they end up getting him? I don't even remember. That's the the twelve days of Christmas. I think is when they. Uh, I, I it's by that point I'm almost blacked out. Like yeah. my brain can't help. Uh, uh, kind of comprehend what I'm saying, but I thought what, <laughs> it all gets fuzzy. I think there. the Twelve Days of Christmas is them actually saying all the stuff they got for Splinter, and it's horrible That's because right. it's like manhole covers and a pizza yeah. and a picture frame, and oh, it's bad. Classic example of giving somebody what you want, not what they want. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not good children. Yeah. And I got you a picture of my favorite food. <laughs> although, to be fair, I'm not sure that Splinter's knows what's going on he doesn't really (laughs) know no i mean he doesn't really talk and he doesn't really move and his body doesn't look big enough to support his head i think maybe it is enormous it's fucking huge what did they get james vanderbeek to play him like for fuck's sake it looks like an orange on a toothpick Uh, he's got a soul weather system um oh i've done it now he's off to cry himself to sleep on his huge pillow (laughs) Um, amazing but yeah so it's it's our holiday review. I think it actually fits a Planet X Christmas party to go like, you think you've seen Christmas specials? You've, you haven't Well, seen and it's such like. a testament to how just, again, sonically and visually mm-hmm. awful it is that in a, in a media empire as large as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like you can mention Turtles in Time to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, the one where they go back to feudal Japan. Like, I remember seeing that or, oh yeah, I checked that out or whatever. I don't know a single person who's seen We Wish You a Turtle Christmas. It must have been such a colossal flop. Oh, no. I, I don't think it ever got repeated. I I, I I'm, can't imagine why. I'm pretty sure. It, no, actually, it did get a home release because I looked it up. Yeah, there's and, VHS, yeah. And they go for like 40 bucks. I know. Because Ninja Turtle Gotta fans just are completists, I guess, and you have to put this garbage thing in your Ninja Turtle collection. I mean, I collect stuff, but this and you have to like i mean i know there's a lot of this but like when eastman and lard first did teenage mutant ninja turtles if you go back and read the original comics like they're in black and white and they're super violent and they're really bizarre and, and weird very and funny kind of, too by the way very funny That's, but also like kind of horrifying at times and psychedelic and absolutely. just like how like i can't think of another adaptation that gets further away from the source material than like original Eastman and Lark Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic and a fucking reggae number. <laughs> like, like, what is going on? Like, well, it's it. But every time I watch it, though, I have this funny image of like Eastman and Laird in like these giant plush leather chairs and red velvet robes, just like lighting cigars yeah. with one dollar bills. Yeah, whatever. You know, fuck like, it. like just just, you know, just living off of Ninja Turtle money. Holy. Um but that's what we're going to show. That's what we're showing. Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, Rudolph's shiny new year, and we wish you a turtle Christmas. Uh, this is December 28th at Kunstler uh, Brewing here in San Antonio, Texas, so we hope you can make it out for it. It's going to be a good time. 100% free. Planet X is always free, and honestly, if someone was charging to watch these movies, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I bet the people who made these actually have to pay their royalty money back to somebody. Yeah, every time they show one of these movies, they have to get a charitable donation. No, but the, again, Shiny New Year is kind of that's the that's gonna that's the centerpiece. That's the one you ought to see. That's the you come see it. Like, that's it's good. The, it, it, it's worth seeing. 
the turtles one is, is I'm I am perfectly fine with treating it like I did Santa with muscles and being like y'all are the best y'all come out if you want to make fun of this fucking thing yeah but honest to God your jaws will be on the ground in in abject horror yeah so often that to formulate jokes it, it it's it's just it blows yeah. the mind and, it, and don't worry we'll be back to showing movies we love in january uh we're gonna do uh stay tuned stay tuned which i'm excited about i lobbied for stay tuned it's a great film and uh we we we've never fought over what movie to show but we no. we did sit down with the big list and we sort of did like a mm. uh like NCAA bracket. tournament yeah. bracket thing to try to get a winner and i was really um I was really behind Stay Tuned, so I'm happy for that. Well, and I think after that, I think after that is The Guyver. The Guyver so is going to be got a couple in... of really, really, really fun movies. Yeah, I think coming. kicking the year off with something fun and funny with Stay Tuned is really cool. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's a fun movie. It's a super weird concept. Well, we did, it we works. We did two horror movies for Halloween. We did um, an action movie in November. Perfect. And then we're doing this kind of garbage fun yeah. Christmas special. So it's like, well, let's. Let's change the tone. We'll do comedy. Then we're going to do sci-fi action. Yeah. And so I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think... Looking forward to seeing Yeah, people, I think doing so. a comedy film in January makes a ton of sense. And then I really want to get into, like... I want to get back to our, our bread and butter with yeah, the Yeah, our bread and butter. But, the Giver, so... But that being said, uh, before we go, like, when we did Time Cop, we asked each other why we thought Time Cop was a great plan. Oh, sure. Film. We're not really going to do that, but I can... I, I think it's perfectly reasonable for us to justify why us doing this fits mm. planet x sure yeah and it's because watching movies should be fun and you should do it with fun people yeah, and absolutely. you should have a good time and sometimes it's just that simple yeah and you know we spend a lot of time talking about how we love these movies and i'm not a huge fan of like people who uh like shit on bad movies quote unquote bad movies who talk about like, oh my God, can you believe Highlander? Blah blah. But like, nah, I think that's actually a really cool movie. Like, I legitimately love that movie. I think it's really fun. Yeah, we always use Highlander as an example, which is not good because like Highlander rules. I don't, there's some people that dunk on Highlander though, or like what? Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer is a great example. Oh, that's a great like, example. I that, love that movie. That is an awesome film. I love that film. It's an amazing um, film. But it's the holidays, and hey, you know what? Bad movies are kind of fun to watch. So the holidays are stressful too. Like yeah, it's a time when you come, eat cookies come, and cake. And, come blow off some. To get away yeah. from your family and come hang out with your real family. Yeah, the Planet X. People. And we'll have some. We'll have some chuckles, and then we'll get back to watching weird movies. Together. Yeah, and we'll play some games and 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 have a right jolly old time. So, Indeed. Um, but and we will be back on the next pod, banking up a very fresh movie. So we please, uh, we always take time. Please send us fake movie titles. Make that your Christmas present to us. If oh, you enjoy shucks. what we do, all we ask in return is that you send us very bad fake movie titles. That's excellent. Yeah, so send us your fake movie titles. Uh, give us a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. And uh, we will be back um, next week with uh, a hypothetical movie title suggestion to turn into a real Righteous Trash film. And we don't do any bits to get out of these. We just uh, politely tell you our names and thank you very much. So my name is Blair Hicks. My name is Drew Hicks. And thank you very, very much for putting up with us. Yeah. Happy hey, holidays, Happy guys. holidays, yeah. I'm really proud we made it this whole episode without me saying that I'm really shocked that four guys from Manhattan don't celebrate Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tov, <Yeah>. Splinter! <laughs> dreidel, dreidel, dreidel! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs>